Good evening and welcome to Monsters Among Us. I'm your guide, Derek Hayes. Well, here it is. The first show with a shiny new name. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of you for your support over the last few weeks. I've had a number of new reviews filter in and several new stories submitted over the past week that I cannot wait to share with you tonight. In addition to those submissions, I've had several people contact me with words of support and encouragement. I can't thank you enough for that. It means a lot to me that the show means that much to you. Before we launch into tonight's show, several months ago I put a Here There Be Monsters t-shirt design up in the shop. Well, obviously now that I was forced to change the name, those t-shirts are basically useless, save for some nostalgic, or dare I say, historic significance. So instead of hanging on to the box of t-shirts, I've decided to sell them at cost to you, the fans. Head over to the new webpage at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com and click on the shop tab. There you'll find them for only $5.95 per shirt, plus a $6 shipping charge. A small price to pay for a little podcast history. And speaking of the website, I should probably do a quick run-through of all the changes that have taken place over the past week. As you already know, the website has been changed to www.monstersamonguspodcast.com, but the email has also been changed to monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. If you follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you do not have to do anything. Those names simply changed within the account. And lastly, and most importantly, you can still find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. No need to resubscribe. The title of the show was updated on the feed, so other than a slightly new logo and a new title, nothing really changes. But then again, if you're already listening to this, then you probably figured all that out. Alright, enough of this boring stuff. Let's get spooky. Our first call of the evening comes to us from the state of North Carolina. Hello, my name is Andrew. I was born and raised and still live on the family farm here in southeastern North Carolina. This is a very small community where everybody knows everybody and most are related in one way or another. It being such, the tradition of passing on stories is very much still alive here. I just listened to the last episode of Here There Be Monsters before the name change and your request for more stories made me decide to send one in. This is my favorite, told to me by my 10th grade English teacher and family friend. This is a man very well known in the community and very well loved. The kind of person you trust implicitly. He swears this story is absolutely true and that he hadn't yet drank alcohol or tried drugs at this point in his life when the story took place. He was 15 years old and lived just down the road from the local funeral home. During the summer months, he earned extra money by spending a few nights a week in the funeral home acting as a low-pay security person slash janitor. This was in the early 60s. This night was just like every night and he rode his bike to the rear entrance of the building and greeted the funeral home employees as they left for the night. 
He would walk in through the embalmment room, and as the employees finished up, so he became accustomed to seeing the bodies being prepped. On this particular night, an elderly lady lay on the embalmment table as he passed through, and he jokingly said out loud, Whoa, look at the ugly on that woman. Then he laughed to himself on his way to the front room where he spent his night. At the front of the building, adjacent to the front doors, was a door leading into an office that had a break room only accessible by walking through it. Going about his nightly ritual, he began watching TV while the employees locked up and left for the night. He always left the doors open to the break room and across from it, the office door, so he could hear in case he was needed during the night. It was late that night, sometime around 3 a.m., when something caught the corner of his eye. Turning to look over his shoulder through the open office doors, he saw the dead woman from the embalming table standing in the office doorway. She stood limp, leaning against the doorframe, staring at him with a wild look of confusion on her pasty face. He screamed, You're not supposed to be here! and leaped to the break room door, slamming it shut. He held the door handle and pressed his body against the door, sobbing and praying until the funeral director found him there the next morning. The story goes that nothing was wrong anywhere inside the building, and the old lady was, in fact, where the staff had left her, on the embalming table. However, the young man never worked there again, and even now, as an elderly adult, refuses to go back to that funeral home. I guess the lesson here is not to insult the dead. Thank you, caller, for submitting that terrifying story. Now, I've heard of bodies moaning or groaning. Apparently, gases build up as the body decomposes, and oftentimes, they escape through the mouth, producing a sort of moaning sound, often referred to as a death groan. I've even heard of a body moving as a result of either settling or in extreme cases, small muscle movement, such as fingers or toes. But a corpse walking around, that simply sounds like revenge to me. Thank you again for calling in. Our next call of the evening comes to us from Illinois. I'm a fan of the show, and I've listened to um, Here There Be Monsters for a while here, and I follow you on Instagram, and one time um, you posted something about Dogman, and it triggered a memory that I have from the summer of 1996. I was living in a Chicago suburb at the time, um, and coming home from a date with my future husband, it was probably 3 a.m., and I pulled up into my driveway and saw something out of the corner of my eye. At first I thought it was a dog, but when I turned to look, what I saw was dog-like, but it was, there was something about it that was off. I don't, I, something about the lope of it, the, the gait, seemed like almost computer animated. And it was, it had dark fur, the only illumination would have been street lights. And then its legs were really, really long. It had a dog face, but it seemed, um, I've had dogs my whole life, I even breed dogs, it did not seem like a dog that I'm familiar with. 
So anyway, it ran at me, and it was huge. It was really big. It ran at me, and, and when I saw it running from across the street at me, I screamed really loud. It's probably the only time I've ever screamed like that in my whole life. And my parents heard the scream from inside of the house and came running out to see what was wrong. They thought I was attacked or something like that. Um, and it's just stuck with me my whole life, and I don't know what it was, but I love your show, and I'd be interested to hear if other people had seen something like that in Chicago suburbs. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for your call. I live relatively close to Palm Springs, California, and I know they have several legends about hellhounds out that way. And I gotta be honest, this sounds a bit like those tales. For those that aren't familiar, a hellhound is a supernatural dog based in folklore. A wide variety of ominous or hellish supernatural dogs occur in mythologies around the world. Features that have been attributed to hellhounds include mangled black fur, glowing red eyes, super strength or speed, ghostly or phantom characteristics, and a foul sulfurous odor. But perhaps no place is more connected to the legend of hellhounds than England. One such variation of the creature is known as the Black Shuck, and is said to roam the countryside and moors. In fact, back in May of 2014, Archaeologists excavated the skeleton of a seven-foot-long dog at Leaston Abbey, the site of a brutal attack that left several worshippers dead back in August of 1577. Legend tells that they were attacked by a creature resembling the Black Shuck. What's more, the dog appeared to have been buried in a shallow grave at precisely the same time that the Black Shuck was said to have been on the loose. And that brings us to our next call. Apparently, this must be the week for hellhounds. Hi, I wanted to share my story about seeing an animal that I can't explain. Uh, I was driving with a friend outside of Eugene, Oregon around sunset when we saw something in the road. Now, at first we thought it was a dog, but as we got closer, we realized just how large it was. The animal looked to be the height of a deer. It had long legs and a malnourished-looking body. It was black with mange like I had never seen before, and you could see the bones where the patches of fur were gone. It moved slowly 15 feet in front of our car, and as it did, we could see that its bones seemed to be moving in an unnatural way as if they were all broken, but the animal did not appear to be in pain. His movements, they're hard to explain, but were, simply put, disturbing. Once directly in front of our car, it turned to look at us, and I know this sounds odd, but its eyes were bright red. My headlights were not on to reflect the animal's eyes. That only unsettled us further, but there was nowhere to go with the animal blocking the road. It lowered its head and continued to walk across the road and into a drainage ditch. 
We only sat in silence for a moment when my friend said to drive up and see where that thing went. As we did, it was gone. And the only exit nearby was a tiny drainage pipe. And I just don't believe the animal could have fit in. We drove in silence after that to our friend's house who lived in the area. And we must have looked upset because his father asked us what was wrong. And after a lot of pushing, we finally told him. He just chuckled. He just chuckled and said, You saw the hellhounds. We see them around here. And then he left the room. <laughs> I still to this day do not know what I saw. It did not seem like any animal I've ever witnessed. And having grown up with mastiffs, I know what large dogs look like. This thing was something else entirely. Thanks. From the moors of England to the expanses of the states, I don't know exactly what these witnesses are seeing out there, but perhaps it's simply a sick dog or maybe even a jokester in some sort of stilted dogman suit. But it's clear that they are seeing something unsettling, something terrifying. Thank you both again for your calls. And lastly, something a little more lighthearted to close out the evening. In this call, the caller refers to an out-of-body experience as in OBE, just to clarify. Let's give Melina's story a listen. My family and I live on top of a bluff on a vineyard on the central coast of California. The estate is nestled among lush, rolling vines in every direction. Several years ago, in a normally bustling household, I found myself and my adult brother home alone. My brother suffers from MS and has no use of his limbs except for his fingers. He requires assistance with everything. Mid-afternoon, my brother asked if I could help him outside. I said, sure. I followed as he rolled ahead, nearing the horse corral. He stopped and instructed me to empty the urinal attached to his wheelchair. I said, sure. As I waited on finishing the task at hand, I looked around the valley and took in the beautiful day. There was an incredible light beneath the clouds. Behind this glow, I began to feel a sense of peace come over my entire body. My mind felt free, my body weightless. I melted into the peace which soon transitioned into this pure bliss. I had never had a feeling of complete peace before and immersed myself in that moment. I can only describe it as nirvana. The feeling lasted maybe a minute. It was so intense and blissful, I considered myself lucky to have such an experience and knew I would remember that feeling forever. I finished with my brother and returned inside. Grabbing my phone, I checked my email. A friend had just messaged me. He said, were you just in the vineyard outside? I 
thought this was a strange thing to ask and was wondering where this would lead. Although my friend lives nearby, we've never met in person. Our only form of communication is via email. We've been in communication almost daily for many years and confide in one another just like best friends. I messaged him back that I had indeed just been outside and right next to the vine. I asked why. He told me he was taking an afternoon nap and had an out-of-body experience. Prior to that afternoon, he had a few experiences with the beginning of an OBE, yet he was never successful. I've had a few experiences in the past and suggested he try to let go of his fear. He apparently had a breakthrough and he was just able to take off. He explained once his body had lifted, he knew how and where to find me for a visit. He said he instantly found himself hovering over me and the vineyard. He couldn't help himself and he reached out and he touched my shoulder. Soon after that, he found himself waking up from his nap and he immediately emailed me. He was able to describe what I was wearing, the color of my clothes, and how I was wearing my hair. He wanted to know if I could feel his touch. I'm absolutely positive I felt his touch that afternoon. And I am convinced that human beings can communicate on many different levels. Thank you so much, Melina. The human body is an amazing tool, and I have no doubt that we are not using it to its full potential. So perhaps there is a way to explore our world without the use of our physical body. It's possible there are a few people out there that can either intentionally or accidentally perform such a feat. If that is the case and you have that ability, please come visit. Out of body, of course. And that does it for this episode of Monsters Among Us. But before I close out, thanks to all our new reviews, we have many new listeners to the show, and I want to make sure they know exactly how to submit their encounter story. To do so, simply call 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-6444. There you will be directed to a voicemail service that records your story. Each call is limited to five minutes, so if you need more time to tell your story, simply call back and resume where you left off. I'll splice everything together for you. If you're not the talkative type, you can always submit via email at monstersamonguspodcast.com. And lastly, if you want to remain completely anonymous, you can head on over to the website at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com and click on the Submit Your Story tab. There you will find a 100% anonymous submission tab. I think it goes without saying that a phone call is preferred, but we want to hear your story any way that we can. That said, several of tonight's written submissions were performed by the talented actors Donnie Smith, Warren Pawn Abbott, and Marilyn Winkle. Thank you to each of them. If you'd like to learn more about them, head on over to the website and click on the show notes section. Music for tonight's show is by Mayu and Nature 1986. Thank you all for listening, 
And until next time.